Welcome back to Third Hands. It's me. It's Toby. Um, we have a bit of a break this weekend um, <laughs> with the uh, home versus Bueno Silver card. No disrespect to them, but this is not the main event. The people's main event is JDM versus uh, the Brazilian. Uh, I forget. I can't remember his name. It kind of sounded like Sean Strick there. Ah, oh, the Brazilian over there. But but Toby, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I think my Wi-Fi is a little better, so hopefully I sound a little better this week. But yeah, I'm doing good. Just got back from a little vacation. So feeling good, man. I don't sense any delay. So I think I think we're going to be all right today. But so what we're doing today, we're going to talk about the news and the usual after this, of course. But we, we're doing some mid-year awards. Um, for me, what I did was usually International Fight Week denotes the end of uh, the half year. Um, so I think... That's why I've kind of done too, but none of my awards come from that. But, well, actually, maybe. But we're, we have a few categories, like obviously male and female fight of the year, fight of the year, submission of the year, knockout of the year, comeback of the year, um, you know, game plan of the year. That's something Toby thought of. I like it. Coaching, maybe. Um, but yeah, we have a we have a lot to do so far So today. So, uh, Toby, what do you think we should start with? Um. We could start with fight of the year. That's always a fun category. That's always a fun category. What do you have for yours? Well, I found it surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, but very difficult to pin down one fight of the year, especially after I started going back and rewatching these fights. I found them all to be so thrilling. But if I had to choose one, it would be Justin Gaethje and Rafael Fazeev at UFC 286. After going back and watching that fight, man, it was just... It was incredible. It's like every other Justin Gaethje fight, of course. But, you know, Fazeev was looking extremely quick, very accurate in that fight. And I thought it was so amazing how in the third round, Gaethje just suddenly discovered that he had a jab and he could just start jabbing Fazeev's face off. And he busted him up so bad, not with the big hooks, not with the overhand, with the jab. And he just put it on him near the end of the fight. I thought it was a fantastic performance. It was just an amazing fight start to finish. Yeah, he, he gets more Gaethje gets more fundamental as he ages, which is interesting. But um he's controlled chaos now. For me, I got I so for a three rounder, for me, it's um Rachmana versus Neil. That for my yeah. three round fight, that's that's my three round fight of the year. That was awesome. And for the five round fight of the year, it, for me it's gotta be uh Mahachev versus Volkanovsky. I mean, the, the level of skill on display in that fight was top tier. It was like the second round was a coin flip. So, you know, depending on how you scored the second round, I really do think that, you know, it was anybody's ball game when it came to the decision. I thought Volk won, but, you know, if you said Islam won, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, But just the level of, like I said, the level of skill on display in that fight was beyond any of our expectations, I think. So, 
that's the credit I give to um that fight of the year. Um, so yeah. uh, keep going. Yeah. You go. Oh, those were my two and three. Yeah, I was. It was so close to doing Shavkat versus Jeff Neal because that fight was so fun, and especially when Neal rocked him with that big shot. I mean, Shavkat took it so well. To be fair, but the way he just dropped for like a second, but didn't fully go down was amazing. And then for him to turn around within a couple of minutes and just really put it on him, that right hand that he landed on Jeff Neal was a, you know, pissed and just pinpoint accurate. And he followed up with that finish, such a beautiful finish where he just gets behind him, uh, gets in the rear naked choke and doesn't even like have his back or anywhere close to it. And then just starts kicking his legs forward to put even more pressure on him. And then he just drops I mean, it was a beautiful finish and a great fight for sure. And then, of course, Vulcan Islam. I mean, what else do you need to say, man? Definitely extremely high-level fight. One of the best fights we've seen in years. For sure. Um, let's go coach of the year, coaching game plan of the year, like you said. Let's go game plan and coaching. Game plan, I mean, I think it's got to be Vulcan, the Mahachev fight. I, I, He really defied my expectations there. I thought Volk would win the fight. But like the his takedown defense, everything was just beautiful from him. And Joe uh, Joe Lopez, I mean that dude is the mo- one of the most underrated coaches in the game. I think, I mean the people he cranks out of that gym, top notch. So, folks, game plan was great. Um, I'm trying to think of some others, but I mean, Amanda Nunes always brings it with her game plan. But yeah, it's. Lots going on, I think. So what's your kind of game plan of the year, you think? Yeah, I think if there was any category where like a coach or a team with game plans was, you know, pretty obvious to choose, it would definitely be, you know, Volk. I mean, Volk with Joe Lopez, Eugene Behrman. I think you could do it for either the Mahasha fight or the Yair Rodriguez fight that we just saw recently. I mean, his game plan against Yair was perfect. You know, mixing up those takedowns, closing the distance, with the stance switches and using those stance switches to uh, land the hooks off the kicks that Yair was throwing. He just timed everything perfectly. He timed the takedowns perfectly. He timed the counters perfectly. He was in and out of range that he was landing kicks and Yair wasn't even able to. And Yair had a four inch height advantage on him. So they planned absolutely meticulously for Yair and completely figured him out at every turn. And then even in the Mahashev fight, like you mentioned, even though he did lose that one in the scorecards, it was still clearly, clearly the toughest fight uh, in Mahashev's recent run. And it, it was a phenomenal game plan, regardless of the decision. But I did have a couple of other like honorable mentions. I thought that uh, Benoit Saint-Denis versus Ismail Bonfim was a yes. really, really good game plan. The way he came out and just pound at Bonfim's arms and he even talked about this uh, in the post-fight interview how I think it was his uh, Muay Thai coach was telling him that you know even if you don't land flush on the head or the body you're still beating down his arms and it's gonna you know Bonfim is a power puncher specifically with that right hand and I thought that was really smart to tire out those arms of his and then he looked you know it was amazing uh, on the ground the way he was you know, working his hands across the chin. He just kept fighting for that rear naked choke. I thought overall his game plan was just fantastic. And then uh, Sanhagen and Vera, I thought that Corey Sanhagen yes. had a really good game plan against Cheeto Vera in that fight. I completely forgot about the Sanhagen-Cheeto Vera fight. Now, I think Cheeto was a little off and Cheeto admitted that, but no excuses. That's why I love Cheeto. He's a very honest fighter. 
But Sanhagen looked absolutely – he looked like a world beater in that fight. I love Corey Sanhagen. He's I, he's one of my favorites for sure. That's a good one, man. I didn't that, – that fleeted my mind. That's a, that's an awesome pick. Um, Yeah, I can't wait for him to fight coming up against Umar. God, oh, I am – I'm interested to see fight. the grappling exchanges in that fight because Sanhagen's oh, – I, Sanhagen, I think, is the most underrated grappler in that division. He's such an underrated grappler. Um, I think I think people see they're like, oh, he got subbed by Aljo in a minute. Like, yeah, but that's Aljo. Everybody gets caught once in a while, and yeah, Aljo has top notch BJJ. I mean, you know, there's no nothing to sneeze at. Sanhagen is still extremely, extremely talented on the ground. And his other um, his only loss since the Aljo fight was against Piotr Jan, and that that that's yeah. I think, in my opinion, I know we're getting off topic here, but. That that might be the most highly skilled fight I've ever seen. Like it's inc- absolutely incredible fight. If you haven't watched that fight, guys, go and watch it. I I, I plead. Um, <laughs> but I digress. Fight. Yeah, I digress. Perf- oh, we didn't do this one. Performance of the year. I think you might agree with me on this. I know we you kind of got to be on your toes. But uh, Ilya Taporia versus Josh Emmett, man. I mean, that that was a masterclass and. Personally, that was more impressive than, you know, just a, a knockout or a sub because, to me, it was his first five-round fight. No one really dominated the first round, but he dominated the latter four rounds. He got a 10-7, which it's a little – I mean, it's Chris Lee. So, yeah. Uh, but the ten, he got two 10-8s in my opinion. But that that fight was – that performance from Tapori was top-notch. And, you know, if you're his coach, you can't ask for much more when it comes to something like that. He he controlled the distance so well. And, ha- and him stepping in and out of range as efficiently as he did blew my mind. And and on the ground, his you know, he might be the best boxer in that division, but his groundwork is really what takes the cake for me. He's not frantic on the ground. He's he's he just knows where to position himself on the ground. It's. I don't know. That's my performance of the year. Masterclass. I just remember getting up after watching that fight. I'm like, wow, he did that. Yeah, no, that's a great choice. Um, I was thinking definitely either Taporia versus Emmett. The I did have a couple other options I was looking at was Jamal Hill against Glover Teixeira Ooh. to start off the year. Dang, that was, that was this year. I forgot. Yeah, that was such a good performance, man. I mean, he really made you – know, I'm not, not to say that Glover maybe wasn't a step behind and you know maybe isn't. A, a little bit past his prime, obviously, but I mean, he looked still very good in the Yuri Prohoshka fight, and Jamal just made him look like, you know, he was in a whole different league. It was a fantastic performance. His takedown defense really, really impressed me in that fight. Um, his boxing was looking really sharp. He was landing great kicks along with that. I thought everywhere he just looked spectacular. And then another one was uh, Mackenzie Dern against Angela Hill. I thought she had mm. a really, really solid performance against Angela Hill. If I remember, I think some of those scorecards were also like 49-44. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Well, lots <laughs> so she, of head and arm throws there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then this was a real quick one, and maybe in the submission category too, but Gilbert Burns against Neil Magny. I mean, what a performance that he had. Oh, I forgot I mean, about that. He just thoroughly ran right through him. But I would say probably to Porter versus Emmett, if I had to choose one out of all those, just because it was so dominant from the first bell to the very last. Like there was no point where you could even say that like, Oh, Emmett had this moment. Like there was no moments. It was just Taporia start to finish complete and utter domination. 
That's very true. Um, all right. Female fighter of the year. I think that's the next. That's a good one to go to. Um, I have a tough time doing this one because I can't necessarily pick out any specific female fighter that's fought multiple times or show me something, you know, absolutely amazing. Uh, well, Amanda Nunes thoroughly dominated. That was beautiful, but she's retired. And she's going to stay retired, guys. I don't think she's coming back. Rousey's not coming back either. Um, Probably not. I've seen some people talking about that. I was like, yeah, yeah that could be fun, but I don't think she's going to Please do don't. That. Ronda should have gone to ATT. Um, but yeah, I, I think Alexa Grasso. I, I, I think it's probably going to be Alexa Grasso for me. She... I did not expect her to sub Valentina Shevchenko. I mean, Shevchenko, was it a spinning back kick she did? And then Grasso took the back when she turned around. And then, oh, that face crank looked gnarly. And, I mean, Shevchenko's face probably would have broken into three million pieces if she had just toughed toughed it out for a few more seconds. But, yeah, I mean, but here's the thing. We'll see what happens for Mexican Independence Day fight with Shevchenko versus Grasso. So that's really the thing we have to look out for. Like, can she do it again? Cause I mean, Shevchenko did has lost a step, but when you defend your title seven, eight times, like you're, you're going to get old unless you're John Jones, <laughs> but yeah, that's she's, she's different, man. Um, So I think it's at this point, it has to be Alexa Grasso. I think. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And I was looking through some different women, and I think you just have to go with Grasso just based on who Shevchenko is. Like you mentioned, all the title defenses that she had and how dominant she looked in her title reign. You know, we really only saw her struggle a few times. She had the close fight with Tyler Santos. But in this one, I mean, Grasso looked really good. Even on the feet, she was doing pretty well in the striking exchanges. And yeah, it was almost identical to the Chris Weidman versus Luke Rockhold where she threw a spinning back kick and then Grasso just caught it. And instead of taking her down, um, she just took her back and then, you know, brought her to the ground and choked her out. So she was just pounding her out. But yeah, I thought it was, you know, that was a nasty choke that she had in there. I think just that alone, winning the title and who she did it against probably would be you know, female fighter of the year, but some other ones, I mean, Aaron Blanchfield had a really, really good. Oh, I feel ashamed. Andrade. I forgot that one. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. I, you know, it's crazy. She did only fight one time so far this year. So, you know, um, and then Macy Barber, I thought she looked really good against Amanda Hebas. And I can't remember who her other win was against, but she had another, she has two wins in 2023, but I thought the Hebas performance was really fantastic. That's, and that's gotta be female fight of the year for sure. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd still probably go Grasso though if I had to choose, yeah. just because, like, I mean, the the gravity of the situation was like, you know, you're beating Shevchenko, one of the longest reigning champions, period. So, for sure, one thing that just popped up for performance for me was uh, Sergio Pettis versus Pitbull. Um, yeah, yeah, especially coming off the injury layoff, and I guess a. That like Pitbull now, I know Pitbull probably uh, cut like 300,000 pounds to get to the 35, and he was probably drained as hell. However, Pitbull's a legend, man. Uh, but Sergio Pettis looked fantastic. I think he could step into 35 in UFC and do some damage. He's looking phenomenal over at Bellator. And he, when, I, when I hear him, I mean, he's, he's kind of, he looks kind of like a little Sean Brady. But um, <laughs> he, the dude yeah. could fight, man. And I, 
he's probably getting the bag over at Bellator, but I could see him stepping in at 25 or 35 in the UFC right now. He's clearly gotten better since he got uh since he departed from the promotion. Yeah, that's just something uh, just that's just an honorable mention for performance for me. I don't know if you have anything to add to that. That was a great performance by him. No, yeah, that was a fantastic performance. It, it is pretty incredible to see the world of difference that he, you know, it's just so, so different from being in the UFC versus being in Bellator form. If people remember his UFC career, I mean, this guy, if you took him down, if you got his back, if he faced a little adversity, I mean, he would basically just give up. Like he wouldn't even try to throw up submissions. He wouldn't try to scramble. Like this dude would just lay on his back for two rounds or something and be like, yeah. oh, well, I lost. If, if and, you're, if you're looking for a comparison, just uh, and you just started watching fighting, Herbert Burns is yeah. similar in that yeah, sense. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But yeah, but I mean, he went from Herbert Burns to Gilbert Burns. You know, it's like he is just a completely different fighter in Bellator now. And you know, his last few victories have been highly, highly impressive. Yeah, I really think Sergio Pettis could do well if he came back to the UFC. For sure, but he's getting the bag. Um, all right, all right. So, male fighter of the year, male fighter. Yeah, mm, I had a tough time here, so did but I. personally, I think if we give it to Gilbert Burns, I, I know he lost to Bala Muhammad, but Bala Muhammad couldn't beat him with one arm. One arm, like what? How? How couldn't he do that? I, I don't want to remember the name, man, but um. I think, <laughs> I mean, he, he masterclass against Masvidal, masterclass against uh, Neil Magny. And, you know, he fought Bilal Muhammad, what, like four weeks notice? And then, you know, he, he beat him with one arm. He threw out his arm with a jab, I think, which is crazy. Uh, but I, yeah, I think it's got to be Gilbert Burns for me, man. I, I don't, And I hope Gilbert Burns comes back when's a fighter, too. Because I, I think Gilbert Burns is the real BMF, in my opinion. Like, this dude will fight anybody, anywhere. He has zero qualms about who's put in front of him. Yeah, I love Gilbert Burns, man. You can't hate him. Yeah, no, Gilbert Burns is a great choice. Um, Yeah, I had a tough time picking this one. I was thinking Volk, you know, that seems like a pretty uh, obvious choice just because even though he lost the Mahashev fight on paper, it was so close. And for a guy to go up in weight class, challenge someone like Islam Mahashev and do so well, and then to defend so dominantly in his next fight. So I was thinking Volk, I was thinking John, and even though John only had one fight, it's like, it is John Jones. And he did look so good in that fight. It's like, I don't want to be that guy, but I mean, he did win the ESPY, didn't he, for fighter of the year too? I think that's, that's the best UFC fighter. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. It's like, they, yeah, that'd be a stretch. I was thinking too, maybe Jelton Almeida. I mean, he had some great oh, performances. Oh, that's a good one, man against uh, Shamil Abdurahimov, and I got to see him dominate Jarzino Rosenstrike live in Charlotte. So I think I'll go with uh, Jelton Almeida just because I, I really, really am looking forward to what he does in the heavyweight division. I mean, he is a true high-level grappler in the heavyweight division, and there are not many of those. And he's super um, quick and athletic, too. He's not just like, um, you know, lay on top of you uh, in – kind of tire you out and get the sub like he's a very quick athletic uh fun fighter so he's, he's no. always working for a submission yeah like nothing against Alexio Linick, nothing against scarf holds <laughs> or anything but you know you look at like oh this guy has 60 subs whatever it's like yeah i mean who was he really facing like jalton 
is very impressive. I think he's going to do a lot in this heavyweight division. I would love to see him against John before John hangs him up. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, that's a good choice. Volk's good choice too. Uh, KO of the year. I had, I've had a, I've had a tough time with this one. I, I really can't think. I, there, there haven't really been any, in my opinion, that made my jaw drop. Like, like, oh my gosh, that was well. The spinning, the the wheel kick by that dude, spinning heel kick by that dude in uh PFL. Yeah, um, Sadabu Said. Yeah, yeah Sadabu Said. Whatever his name is. Shout out to that dude. Um, but like that overhand right by what's his face last weekend, the, the flyweight. Um, yeah. Who, uh, we got to look that oh, up. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I know who you're talking about for sure. That was a pretty, that was insane. Knockout. <laughs> yeah. That was wild. That was, that was filthy in my, that, oh, was, that might be the he, filthiest knockout of the year. Jesus Aguilar. Oh, actually. Robbie Lawler versus Nico Priceman. What? Yeah, no, there's knockout. no better way to end a career than how Robbie Lawler did it. He did it the ruthless way, damn it. And no one's going to tell me that's not the knockout of the year so far. Dude, I, will, I will say, you're talking about knockouts that made your jaw drop. There was one this year that I vividly remember, and I had to go watch it again because it really just made my jaw drop. Diego Ferreira over Michael Johnson, one punch KO. Oh, that was al- filthy. Almost exactly the same knockout against Josh Emmett there that uh, Michael Johnson suffered against Josh Emmett. That one, it was so brutal. His legs like crossed over each other. He stiffened up completely. And it's so wild that it was the same exact setup that uh, Josh Emmett used. And then another one that I really loved Rob Font versus Adrian Yanez. That was Ooh, that such was a brutal knockout. The way that Yanez's body just like flew through the air was pretty incredible. Um, you know, I didn't think Rob Font was packing that type of power. I was almost thinking about doing him for game plan of the year, but he did take a good bit of damage. But I love that fight because Rob Font kept uh, bringing Yanez's head down. And eventually he uh, grabbed that, you know, collar tie and then hit him with the uppercut. And it was just a beautiful setup. I thought, um, Edson Barboza over Billy Q had that. Oh, knee that, that was filthy. In. Oh, but definitely. I a filthy knockout. Good and Lord. of course, you know, Izzy, Izzy and Pereira. I mean, definitely, uh, can't forget about that yeah. one. It, it's like, yeah. when I think of, uh, like knockout of the year person, I think of something like wild. Like I think Chandler yeah. versus Tony Ferguson, something like that. Like something yeah. that just makes you go, Oh my gosh, you know, Izzy throws Izzy Izzy, Izzy can punch, man. And like yeah. I think the moment, I think that might be moment of the year. Just Izzy finally letting all that tension out after he knocked out uh Pereira. Like that's moment of the year for me. And you know, it was two overhand rights. It was it was a great knockout. Like as a moment, that might be the moment of the year. Oh, bomb theme knocking out uh Terrence McKinney. That was it's a fantastic knockout. That was grody, man. But I, I was forgot about, about the one Edson too, Barboza yeah. one because Billy Q kept like projecting his shot. And if you're projecting yeah. your shot against a guy like Edson Barboza, you're going to pay. can't do that, man. Yeah. You know, uh, Dan Ige also had a really, really solid knockout over Damon Jackson. His body just like flopped backwards onto the ground. If I had to choose out of all those, though, it would either be Diego or Rob Font. I really love that Rob Font knockout. Just the way that 
if you have any anybody out there, if you haven't seen that fight, like Yanez just goes flying through the air. It was pretty incredible to watch. And, you know, Yanez wasn't even looking bad. Like he was kind of piecing him up a bit, but it was just a little short uppercut in the clinch. Yanez landed and then he had him hurt really bad. And then he landed like a shovel hook. I mean, it was, it was devastating, man. I hope uh, guys don't 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 uh doubt Giannis yet. Giannis is so really good. I mean that that's such a step up from whom he had fought. Was it in his last fight like Tony Kelly or something before that? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Giannis has such a bright future, man. That that was a yeah giant his step up. Boxing in is so crisp. Yeah, I think but, he's gonna uh, come uh, back much better. That Tony uh, Kelly knockout might be the knockout of the year of last year, just because the fact that it was Tony Kelly. <laughs> it was. It really was a great knockout, though. It like was after awesome. he had him hurt, every single punch that Giannis threw, even when Kelly was falling, he landed every single punch. He landed. It was incredible to watch. It was awesome. All right, I think our last category here. Oh, two more sub of the year. Our next one will be event of the year. Uh, yep. Sub of the year: John Jones versus Cyril Gone. I don't care what you say. John Jones took three years off and just got to work, man. And he's been winning belts like he has for the past twelve years. So, twelve years. Uh, uh, I, I got to touch on that, man. Twelve years. This dude has been winning belts. Twelve freaking years. He won his first belt at twenty three, and he's still winning belts at thirty five. And I honestly think this is the perfect time for him to move up to heavyweight. Like that's yeah. that's the crazy part about it. Yeah, he can uh, have a George Foreman type ending to his career, even though George Foreman was like significantly older, but boxing is very different than MMA. But yeah, I mean, it was a great submission, man. I had that up there. Like I mentioned earlier, I think Burns versus Magny is also up there for submission of the year, Shafkat versus Neil. But for me, man, I think I might have to go with Brendan Allen over Andre Muniz. I mean, what a, that's a great, great guy to submit. Like Andre Muniz has very, very high level Brazilian yeah. jiu-jitsu. I mean, he's and sub Brent, Jacare. Yeah. Yeah, man. And for Brendan Allen to do what he did to him, I mean, he pretty much dominated that fight. And then to end it with a submission, I, I don't know, man. I might have to go with that. But definitely John is up there, certainly. It was a great submission. Yeah. All right. Event of the year. I think you'll agree with me. UFC 290. Last weekend was awesome. Oh, yeah, and yeah. yes, recency bias, maybe. But <laughs> there are four finishes like under a minute or something like or or for yeah, something crazy like that. Under 40 seconds, I think. Yeah, something. Uh, let me look that up real quick. That was yeah. Oh um, while you look that up, honorable mention for the submission, because this has an asterisk next to it though, is Davy Grant over Rafael Asuncao. Because if you remember that fight, Asuncao was dominating, but then there was like a huge head clash. And Asuncao, you know, was clearly rocked, but they just continued fighting. And then Davy Grant landed an inverted triangle and put him completely to sleep. So it was a great submission, <laughs> like really, really awesome submission, but a bit of an asterisk. So I put that as like an honorable mention, though. Yeah. Yeah. Three, three finishes under a minute. Insane. Incredible. Um, yeah. One. Well, there's something else from this card I wanted to mention. Uh, I can't remember. Oh, you know what? I think honorable mention for male fight of the year, as much as it pains me to say this, is Drake's Duplessis. I know. I thought about that too. I was like, I, I don't want to bring I, it up though. I'm getting really emotional talking about this because my boy Bobby Knuckles got knocked out by Drake's Duplessis. But he beat Derek Brunson. Oh, corner of the year. Sanford MMA for saving the Derek Brunson's life. 
each of the past two times he's yes. fought by throwing in the shout towel. Out Sanford MMA. Uh, shout out Greg Jones. Catch his interview Absolutely. on the podcast, guys. Um, and shout out Henry Hooft and shout out everybody else over at Sanford MMA for keeping Derek Brunson alive for his kids. Because great decision. Great decision, guys. You 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 changed his life. You there's saved no, his life. There's no shame in throwing in the towel. No, no shame at all. Unless you're Anthony Smith. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Against uh Glover to share. Oh, weird moment of the year was when and <laughs> I think that dude breaking into his house really screwed him up because he was trying to get motivation out of Johnny Walker for saying, You attacked my family. And Johnny Walker went, huh? And then he we well, said it again. You attacked my family. And the absolute visceral reaction that Johnny Walker had, he went, what? Like, yeah. It was such a natural reaction. And it's like, that that, that dude who broke into his house really screwed him up, I think, man. That's a traumatizing experience. Like, I hope he's getting help because, like, if, if that's what you're pulling for motivation, like, like dang, man, I, I feel bad for him. Yeah, that was a very weird fight to watch live because Anthony Smith was just, like, not himself in there. I mean, the punches that he was throwing were at like 30% speed, if that. Um, and Johnny Walker didn't even look really fantastic or anything, but he just looked a lot better compared to Anthony Smith. I was like, man, this guy might have to hang it up after this one because that was not a good performance. People were dogging uh, Johnny Walker for that performance for some reason. I thought he looked great. Um Yeah. Yeah. Anthony Smith's a crafty vet, man. And Anthony Smith on the ground is underrated when it comes to his complete ground game. Like that dude can get to work on the ground. Um, yeah. I thought he could so, have been a bit more active, Johnny Walker, but it, it was yeah. a good performance, no doubt. I just thought he could have pursued that finish because Smith was really not doing much yeah. of it. And the, his legs were shot, too. Smith's legs were yeah. shot. Yeah. For um, sure. But yeah, that was the weirdest moment of the year. I hope Anthony Smith's soon all right, man, because that it, it just didn't seem right. Um, yeah. But um, all right, we got to go to some news. And Toby, uh, I think this is the most appropriate thing to bring up. Kevin Lee doesn't believe he fits in anywhere, and it's a really tragic thing. Like, like yeah, I- I'm not trying to Lee. like like downplay it, but like he's like, there's more to life than fighting it. It's just like this guy had so much promise. He fought for the interim belt against our boy uh, Tony per- Ferguson. Um, but like, man. Like, dude, it stinks. Like, he too small for 70, but his genetics won't let him make 55 very well. So he fights at 170. He's too small. And then they send him to the shredder against Fokker Dinov. Like, uh, what's his face? Um, Mick Maynard, what were you thinking? Sean <laughs> I, Shelby, I, yeah. what were you thinking? Dana White, no what were you idea. thinking? You're putting up, putting him up against a wood chipper of a man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if they legitimately wanted Kevin Lee back in the UFC and to get a little run, they would not have given him Hanat Fakhradinov. They would have given him a guy much less skilled than that, someone who maybe has like a decent name in the division, but someone who is not just... Should have given him Tim Means. Yeah, you know, yeah, someone like that. Exactly. Someone who's not just an absolute murderer, like a savage in there. So yeah, it was a really tough fight. I don't know. I think hopefully, though, Kevin Lee, I'm sure he made pretty good money in the UFC. I know his brother does very well. So maybe he can, you know, do something on TikTok. I don't know, become an influencer. But I'm sure, you know, he has things that he's into outside of fighting. When you texted me, though, I thought he was saying that there's nothing more to life than fighting. I was like, oh, (laughs) boy, like, that's really, really sad. (laughs) 
like, yeah, it's a really I I, tragic story. I think I texted you back. That would be dark. Like, yeah, that was, I thought it was, I was like, man, that actually made me really upset. And I was like, oh, okay. That's uh, not too bad then. Shout out Keith Lee, man. That guy is the man on TikTok. Uh, but Keith Lee warned you guys, don't approach him. Guys, do not approach that man when he's in his family that uh, that that will end poorly out there yeah he still fights too and it's like you i don't care how big of a man you are if you're not trained he will destroy you so yeah keith lee great guy guarantee it don't cross him poor idea um some other tragic news man um i don't know if not tragic is not the appropriate word but extremely disappointing news uh, Jamal Hill ruptured his Achilles. I think he said, oh, I, don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but like in that basketball game, the, the MMA fighters basketball game. Yeah. Dang, man. Like ever since John Jones vacated the title, there have been four title holders and it's only been defended successfully once. Yeah. Dang. And he, here's where I, I'm not blaming Jamal Hill for it, but it's like, when you get out of shape, stuff like this happens between like that's when you because when you when the more you weigh, the more impact there is on your body and stuff like you got to stay in shape. Like Patty Pimblett, if I hear him get injured outside of camp, I'm not going to be surprised. He gains 40, 50 pounds after uh, a fight week. So it's like, like you stay in shape, man. And I remember I, I gained a lot of weight during COVID and, you know, even like running hurt. Like, then I lost it all, and now I'm now I'm a savage. But it's like, I don't know, man. It's not Jamal Hill's fault. It's it really isn't. But you know, I think, you know, maybe this could serve as a lesson to just stay in shape. Yeah, it's definitely harder your joints. You know, it's really. Um, yeah, I've seen some photos of Jamal Hill outside of camp. Definitely does not stay super cut or anything. So, act, I'm sure that did play a role in it, but. Yeah, no, it's just it is tragic. I would say it's a really rough injury. Like you said, I mean, this light heavyweight belt kind of just seems like it's cursed, dude. I mean, you know what happened to Yuri? What happened to Jamal? Now, two guys that are so exciting, such talented young guys too. Both, I think, both under thirty, if not both right around thirty. Jamal might be like thirty-one, thirty-two, but you know, both these guys are just such exciting young talents in the light heavyweight division and they both just had devastating injuries so i'm really hoping that he recovers quickly i'm hoping yuri comes back soon and i hope to see these guys uh face each other at some point yeah i do too um fighters i'm not expecting you to stay shredded like yuri all year round but yeah don't yeah. My, michael chandler is a good example you know he he, he, he shreds down to eight percent body fat which don't do that, guys. I don't care if you're a, an athlete or not. That is a horrible decision. Do not do that. But but stick around 20, 25. Like, that's not a bad place to be. So, yeah. Uh, what? Oh, so talk of the town is try and make uh, Blahovich versus Pereira for the vacant title. I don't agree. I don't think that should happen. Um, I think that should be a title eliminator, and my boy Yuri, and our boy Yuri should be the guaranteed title fight uh, ho- uh, holder, I guess. And then you know, winner of Blahovich versus Pereira gets Yuri, a crack at Yuri, and I want to see Yuri versus Pereira so badly. But the fight I want to see, they need to make Blahovich versus Prohaska like in the middle of the woods or something. 
this is it's the fight we need. Yeah, um, I could go either way on making this a title fight or not. I, I do think it would be a bit weird just because, you know, Pereira's never actually fought at light heavyweight. And Blahovich just recently fought for the vacant belt against um, Magomed Ankalaev. And that was, you know, it wasn't a ter- I think, I think the way Dana made that fight sound was way worse than it actually was. Like, it was decent. It, it wasn't fantastic or anything. It, it, it was a skilled it was- fight, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was decent, you know, and it ended in a draw. So I think it probably would be a mistake to make this uh, a title fight. Like I said, just make it a title eliminator, and then hopefully Yuri can come back in like three months, maybe. And one of these guys is um, whoever wins is you know healed up, ready to go by that by that point. You can just make the you know vacant title fight then. So I think that would probably be the best move. Um, yeah yeah just just keep it a title eliminator but i know the ufc loves to like slap title fights on these cards so yeah. they might do but, it but we but connor's i think connor's the only man that could headline above a title i really do yeah yeah true like, like poor agachi that is a banger that's banger. the main event i mean that's seriously like that's it has to could be main event any pay-per-view like i don't care who's on it that's a main event <laughs> that's gonna be a slobber knocker but um uh, Muhammad Mokaya versus Tim Elliott set for UFC 294 in Abu Dhabi. Great fight. Yeah, I didn't even see that fun fight. That's a, that's an awesome fight. Um, I think Mikhaev takes that one. I think he takes it pretty easily. Although, it's his toughest fight. It's definitely his toughest sure. fight. And I Tim Elliott is a scrappy, scrappy dude. And he like nothing against Tim Elliott whatsoever. I just think I'm I'm that high on Mikhaev, but I think Tim Elliott is very talented. Um, he, you know, gave DJ a few problems when they fought, uh, although like, you know, throughout the course of the fight, DJ definitely took over, but yeah, Tim Elliott is a really good fighter. So this is definitely a big step up and Mikhaev has looked, uh, I wouldn't say beatable, but he's definitely looked human. He's not one of those guys that has just completely torn everybody. Like he has failed a lot of takedown attempts. Um, he did struggle a little bit against, you know, a guy like Charles Johnson, but I think he's still a really good prospect in the flyweight division. I, uh, dude, I'm loving what flyweight is looking like right now. I think it's slowly, maybe even quickly, becoming one of the better divisions in the whole UFC. Yeah, give it give it two years, and I think it might be like a top three, four division in the UFC. We just have to see how things pan out with that division. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for McKay sometimes, man, because uh, like. Patty says, "Like you're not from here, you don't rep us. Like, come on, man. Like, Makai's lived here yeah. since he was a teen, since like he was twelve. Yeah, twelve, according to his Wikipedia. I love Makai, man. He's a good dude. He's my, he's our age, which freaks me out. Um, that is super weird. You know, it's even weirder when you think about Raul Rosas, and you're like, geez, this guy is was born in like 2004. Well, Raul Rosas is a child. <laughs> that is so weird." Oh man, uh, uh, Rosa shouldn't even be in the UFC, man. He got apps. He got masterclassed by who was it? Um, yeah, who was his last? Let me look. Against... Hold on, I- I'm right there. Actually, I'm actually right here. Uh, Christian Rodriguez. I mean, Christian Rodriguez is no yeah. bum by any means. He he can fight. He looked. He actually looked phenomenal in that fight. Um, he looked really good. All right, a couple more things. Lot lots going on today. Um, oh. We got to take a knee, man. Uh, Zaga Zumagulov has been cut from the promotion. No surprise there. Uh, the toughest one in six UFC fighter to ever uh, grace the octagon. Legitimately, uh, man. Three or four split decisions. Uh, we love Zagas, man. 
we love we Saugus. definitely respect Saugus on this show. We do. Um, okay. Francis Ngannou, Tyson Fury, official. It's going on their professional boxing records. However, the, the WBC title isn't up for grabs, grabs which is so dumb. I, I, I'm not interested anymore. Like, if this is a professional fight going on the records, what if Ngannou goes right-hand burr and knocks out Tyson Fury? It's not going to happen, guys. Let's be real with ourselves. However, if that title becomes so much less valuable if Tyson Fury somehow loses. So just put the title on the line. Who cares? I mean, I think that's the fear, though. You know, although it is like probably a 90% chance that Tyson Fury just absolutely dominates Nganu, there is that slight possibility that Nganu lands one shot and just puts him out. And I think that Fury's camp knows that. And they're, I wouldn't say they're worried, but they're conscious of the fact that Nganu does carry nuclear power. And they don't want to lose that title based on that. And then also too, you know, would Nganu like actually stay in boxing? Like, let's say he did win the title. Would he stay in boxing and defend the title or would it just get vacated? You know, it might just be a bit of a messy situation then. I don't know, man. Like thinking about it, it's like, um, Nganu is a boxer. Like he has power, but how fundamental is he going to be? And, is Tyson, Tyson, I could just see Tyson Fury going around the outside of the, the ring and just jab, 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 jab. Like, I could see that the whole time and then fought up with a one-two or a feint and then just not knock Ngannou out. That's how I see it going. I don't. I, I see no path to victory for Francis Ngannou except just a overhand right from the gods. You know, I agree. I mean, I think if Tyson Fury can do what he did to a guy like Deontay Wilder, multiple times and Deontay Wilder is a trained very high level boxer a guy who's been doing this you know he's got like 30 some professional fights I think he can definitely do it to Nganu as well and probably finish Nganu as well but I'm glad Nganu got this fight I know that's the fight that he was working towards for a long time I'm pretty sure Dana said something along the lines of like he will never get the Tyson Fury fight so it is kind of funny to see him get it now and his paycheck is going to be absurd he's going to get a ridiculous amount of money for this fight and i hope it sells well and i hope he continues to do well in his career so uh, dana weiss can i bet you dana weiss can announce something very very soon i oh yeah i saw a comment um someone saying this is actually really good for ufc fans because you know dana's going to absolutely stack the i think it's 294 he's going to like stack that card like crazy just to take some shine off of the boxing event so i'm really looking forward to that weekend <laughs> yeah i am too i, I love data white's petty this that's what makes the ufc awesome um sure like i didn't even think about deontay wilder like if if deontay wilder would smoke francis and Gano in a boxing match yeah i i this doesn't get out the third or fourth round i, no, I think i could definitely see a knockout by fury i think fury will gauge the range be it, fight it smarter than like let's say uh wild wilder if he fought Nganu. so i think a, a fight with uh fury would last longer but i think fury just does his thing it's gonna be ugly i think yeah. um one i had one more thing oh yeah uh stipe miocic intends to do whatever he wants to john jones dude it hasn't happened before and i don't know how many people have said it ever Probably tons. Oh, I'm gonna beat just stop. Stop talking like that. Like <laughs> you're not gonna do whatever you want to John Jones. 
Hey, you know, I love the confidence though. Um, keep it up, Stipe. Like, although we can all agree that is almost certainly not going to happen. You know, I love to see it from Stipe. He's usually doesn't, uh, he doesn't really talk a lot of trash and I, I wouldn't even consider this trash talking. I think he's just, you know, confident in his skills, but good luck, man. I'm not, I'm just going to leave it at that. Good luck, Stipe. It's the open. Uh, Yeah, I, I don't – here's my thing. It's like – trying to figure out how to put this. It's the, fir- it's the first GOAT versus GOAT fight, you know, as a fan that I'll see. And at the same time, Stipe's 41 by the time this fight gets rolling. Wow. Didn't realize I, that. I don't see John Jones. I mean, Stipe's boxing is better than John Jones. John Jones is only like weakness, I guess, is boxing. But John Jones is going to kick his legs away. Yeah. And then, oh, slip the left hand, grab him, take him down. So who knows, man? I'm excited. I love this fight so much. Yeah. I'm so excited for this fight. Don't get me wrong. But, yes, Stipe is going to have to come in with the most perfect game plan ever. Jab. Jab, keep just keep jabbing. Uh, Stipe's jab is going to be the key to this fight. It's just so wild, you know. Like you mentioned, John has never had to rely on his boxing whatsoever. You know, that's what way back in the day when he fought Glover Teixeira, a lot of people thought that Glover was going to give him some serious problems because Glover was such a good boxer coming into that, and he had jujitsu on top of that. But John, he he never had to use that because. His distance management is so good. He uses the kicks, like the oblique kicks, the front kicks, the side kicks, the question mark kicks. I mean, he has so many kicks. He'll throw that lead elbow. He'll, I think even if Stipe starts landing that jab, John's just going to time uh, a counter hook. He's, he can time a spinning back elbow. He could time you know, a slip overhand. I mean, this dude will find a way. He could time an up elbow, you know, like he will find a way to land something no matter what Stipe figures out on him. And if if none of that works and Stipe is jabbing him up, he's going to take him down. And I really don't think Stipe, and even though he has great wrestling himself, it's just, it's a different level, man. John Jones is truly a different level. And Stipe, he's fought great guys, but Overeem, Dos Santos, Verdum, these guys are not John Jones, you know? I mean, John Jones is a different breed of human. I just think – I'm not I'm not going to say it's going to be easy just out of respect for Stipe. I think it's going to be a great fight, but I think John gets it done. I do too, and like like you said, and also Stipe hasn't fought this round. You know, I don't think Stipe has really even fought anybody well-rounded. Like the one thing, Julian Dos Santos, boxing heavy, solid jujitsu, Alistair Overeem, amazing guillotine, but one of the best kickboxers to ever fight in MMA. And Ganu, uh, right hand go burr, uh, DC, dirty boxing, great wrestling. But John Jones does everything. So he hasn't fought a kickboxer. I mean, yeah, Overeem, but Overeem doesn't kick as much as you, you'd think someone with, like a skill set would. But, I mean, Overeem's a savage. I'm not taking anything away from it. Overeem's awesome. Um, but, th- yeah, this this might be too big of a puzzle for Stipe. And I hate to say that because I, I think Stipe's awesome. He's one of my favorite fighters ever. Hell, I even met the dude at UFC Columbus. Great guy. He's not as big as you think, guys. Um, but, oh, did I, I don't know if I told you this. 
So people at UFC clubs were like stapping, like like when they run up to uh, see Stipe, were like, I love you, Stipe, like doing like, you know, slapping his chest. I'm like, dude, this is like the last dude you want to like not make unhappy. This is the last dude you want to make unhappy. Right. <laughs> like, it's just a bit weird when people do that. Like they think they're just boys with these fighters. They have these parasocial relationships with these people. And it's like, you can't just go up and slap a grown man on the chest and especially a professional fighter and be like, Oh, what's up homie. It's like, eh, you don't really like, I'm sure he's a nice guy and everything, but. Oh, oh he's, he is. He is extraordinarily nice. I, when I went up to him, I said, Hey, what's up, Steve? I hit him with the sweat. Love you, man. Big fan. All I got to say, took a picture, you know, the classic fist up. I said, appreciate sure. it, man. Hit him with the sweat again. Boom. Interaction over with. That is appropriate. Do not go up and tap. Don't. Hey, man, yeah. you're the best. Like, dude, don't put hands on these guys. Like, Keep it appropriate. Keep it respectful, man. I can't imagine. God, how do you be that dumb? I don't get it. No, it's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, that's all I have for this episode. Solid episode. Oh, we got to predict the main event of this absolute banger, man. <laughs> Um, man, I have really not been following this card too much. Um, like I haven't done really any research on it. Uh, you know, I like, I like Holly home. Um, I like home by decision. (laughs) Yeah. I like, I think definitely by decision, like no matter who wins, this is going to go to decision. Take my word for it. If you're out there, like this fight is going to decision a hundred percent. Um, I'll go with Holly home. I'll lean home in this one. Just on experience. One thing I've noticed is that the older women fighters usually tend to do better, more long-term than the men. Um, Seems like it. Yeah, definitely. I don't know, but uh, Jack, Jack Della Man- All right. This, I will say this main card. Is it the, the worst I've seen? Like Atman Zaitar. You're watching that. I'm tuning into Atman Zaitar. Are you kidding me? He's a fun guy. Uh, Albert Durai versus Jung Young Park. Jung Young Park always brings it. Um, yeah. uh, Norman Dumont, Chelsea Chandler. I'm taking a bathroom break during that. Um, uh, Nazim uh, Zadikov versus uh, Terrence McKinney. I'll watch that. Why is uh-huh. Austin Lingo on the main card? Like, <laughs> like that's a yeah, fun I mean, fight. It's not, it's not a horrible card. You know, it's okay. They're, they're, um, what is it? Um, they're just uh, fulfilling contracts. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I think I think the worst card I can remember is um, Cynthia Calvillo versus Jessica. Like that's a really really bad card. Name value wise, absolutely, but the event itself wasn't that bad. Really, honestly, yeah, I don't remember the event that well. But that honestly, that could low key be in part due to the fact that it was like. The, the the midst of the pandemic like two months in and we had yeah. nothing else better to watch <laughs> true true yeah no other sport really was continuing oh yeah ashley evan smith is fighting okay there, 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 there's some wow. interesting things going on here i didn't realize ashley evan smith was six and five what yeah i just remember was she I'm um, in that fight where she got cut like really, really horribly. It was like just bleeding everywhere. I think that was Ashley Evan Smith. Maybe. Who knows, man? I can't believe she's still in the UFC. Oh, no, for no, fact about Ashley Evan Smith. <laughs> she's been a vegan since 2016, and that'll end it. Um, 
talking about veganism, oh. man. Hey, respect <laughs> to vegans out there. That's a tough one. I don't get I, how you do it. I will say before we uh, go ahead close out here, um, we did forget to do comeback of the year. If you wanted to, Let's do I don't it. Know if you chose, what do you have? Well, I think one that was pretty recent, just a couple of weeks ago. Pretty obvious choice here: Elvis Brenner versus Garam Kudatulatse. One of the best comebacks I've seen. Period. I mean, Garam is one, such man. a such a tough guy. He was beating the crap out of Elvis Brenner. And then, you know, his hair was blonde to bloody, just completely red. And he just hit him with that one shot right on the neck and just dropped him. There was also um, CJ Vergara and Daniel Lacerda, I think his name is, or Daniel. Um, they, they have it listed two different ways, but I think it's Daniel Lacerda. But Lacerda landed like a spinning wheel kick right on the temple of Vergara, had him hurt badly for the whole first round. And then in the second, he just had no gas, absolutely nothing left. And Vergara finished him. So. That's a good one. I'm not even going to add much to that. So I'll do it for that. No, <laughs> I was, no, was going to say, um, another one I was thinking about too was debut of the year. Um, Ikram Alaskarov versus Phil Hawes. Beautiful oh, debut. that's a good, I can't believe we didn't even do that one. Yeah, dude, dude he, he said, Phil Hawes to a place no one had ever been before. Oh my God. I can't. It's so crazy watching that knockout. It looked like he just grazed him. Like he just flicked him on the chin. And then he, Phil Hawes just like sprawls backwards, completely unconscious. And then also another one that really impressed me was uh, Nurzelton, Rusaboyev, and Bruno Ferreira. I thought that was a great debut. Oh yeah. Nurzelton. Oh my gosh. Nurzelton is different, man. That dude's going to be really good. Dude, his build is unbelievable for middleweight that guy is a freak and i think he's gonna do pretty well in that division i mean also ikram he's fighting uh, our boy the, the the man the myth the legend the meme lord paulo costa yes, at ufc sir. 291 yeah all right hold on 291 stacked let's just take a look at this um the worst fight on this card might be Jake Matthews versus uh, Miguel Baeza. <laughs> Honestly, that's, that's a, still a pretty good fight, though. That's an awesome fight. But we have Pori Gaethje, Blahovich Pereira, P- Costa Alaskarov, uh, Ferguson Green, Chiesa versus Holland. Ooh, that'll be a fun fight. Thompson versus Pereira. That's the prelims. Lewis Rogerio uh, de Lima, Giles versus Bonfim, Kopalov versus Ribeiro. Matthews Baeza, Vergara Salvador, Semelsberger versus Uros Medic, like and Cachueta versus Maverick. But dude, this man, I can't wait for Poirier versus Gaethje, man. That's gonna be no, it's a it's a great fight. It's a great card. I'm super excited. Um, Roman Kapalov, I thought he looked really good in his last fight against um Punahele Soriano. It was a great finish, body kick, uh, followed up with some punches. I love Kapalov, especially after he had a really rough start to his UFC career. Um, yeah, it's a, it, you know, another thing, I think people are kind of, I think they're overrating a little bit Tony Ferguson or maybe underrating um, Bobby Green. I don't think these guys are on the same level anymore. I think Bobby Green is not nearly as watched. I don't think he's watched at all, really. I mean, Tony Ferguson, just subjectively, and I love Tony. Like, I love Tony very much his win streak is one of the most exciting incredible things we've ever seen in the ufc but this dude is washed he should not be fighting anymore and bobby green on the other hand 
yeah, he still looks good to me. Like he still looks good in his fight. Sure. You know, he got finished by um, Islam. He got finished by Drew Dober. But these are very tough, very good opponents. And he was looking extremely good in the Drew Dober fight. So I think that Bobby Green is just going to take it to Tony, to be honest. I think it's going to be like a dominant, dominant decision. But we'll see. I mean, maybe Tony will pull something out of the bag here. But I don't know. I, I don't think these guys are in the same ballpark anymore. My hope for the Tony fight, maybe you have the same hope, Toby. But... It's third round. The time's winding down. There's like 30 seconds left. Tony Ferguson throws up like a Hail Mary uh, triangle. Bobby Green doesn't tap out. And then Tony Ferguson emerges victorious and retires in the middle of the octagon. That's my, that's my dream. I hope that happens. I haven't seen Tony Ferguson win since I started becoming a, a UFC fan. Like, this part, I would- I, guys... If you have, if you're new to the new to the channel or the podcast, that first episode, that's why I started becoming a fan because I got into the sport by accident, and I'll tell that story later. But, um, yeah, this is, please, Tony, please, don't disappoint me like Robert Whitaker did. I would love to see Tony get a win here, but it's a tough fight, man. Oh, it's such a tough fight, but I'm pulling my hair tie out. Uh, it's time to take a shower. But Toby, you got anything else, man? No, I think we covered everything. That was a great episode and a fun one. I had a lot of fun uh, looking up these fights. And yeah, man, thanks for having me on again. Oh, for sure. Uh, I don't know what type of episode we'll do next. I don't really want to review this card unless something crazy happens. I mean, I'm to- Toby's going to watch it. I'm going to watch it since we're uh, uh, addicted to the sport. But that'll do it for this episode. We'll see you guys later. Peace.